This week on Focus on Metal, we bring you returning guest Glenn Hughes, as well as Urban Breed, the voice behind the band, Sirius Black. That's all right now, right here on Focus on Metal. Hi, this is Glenn Hughes, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. Hey, Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to your weekly dose of Focus on Metal. Oh, man, do we have a show for you this week. Our main guest this week, we had him on the show, episode 276, back in March, and then Richie and I went out to see him in August, and back once again, who would know, a legend, the voice of rock, back on Focus on Metal, once again, the one, the only, Glenn Hughes. Can you tell I'm excited? Ah, I am freaking excited. I mean, come on, to have Glenn Hughes on the show twice in a single year? The gods of metal have once again smiled upon us. Also on the show this week, I welcome Urban Breed. You may know him as the singer from Tad Morose or from Bloodbound, but these days, Urban is supplying the metal pipes for Sirius Black. As you may recall, I uh, played Sirius Black as a track of the week, I think like two or three weeks ago, and this week, I have got Urban on the line talking all about their brand new release, Mirror World. But before we get to either of those things, let's talk about another new release, because it's time for Track of the Week. Track of the Week this week is once again brought to us by our friends at AFM. And I know you guys are thinking, crap, you keep playing AFM tracks as Track of the Week. But what can I tell you? They keep releasing some great metal. And this week, the streak continues. Released on October 14th was the latest one from Iron Mask called Diabolica. Yep, the uh, the guys in Iron Mask are back once again, but with a very, very cool twist they have uh, Diego Valdez. Yes, my buddy from Hellcur is now singing for Iron Mask. This is Diego Valdez from Hellcur, and you're listening Focus on Metal. I mean, yeah, I am biased, but Diego has just one hell of a kick-ass voice, and so it is very cool to have him on board with Iron Mask. And, of course, Dushan Petrosi is still the uh, the man behind almost all the rest of the magic with uh, Iron Mask. So uh, this one is about two years in the making. We haven't heard anything from these guys since the fifth son of Winter Doom. Although, of course, Petrosi has been busy with Magic Kingdom. They did release their Savage Requiem album in 2015. But, uh, yeah, he's been banging away at this one for about two years and uh, it is now upon us. So this release has what I would call 12 epic tracks. And of course, when you start getting Diego singing for you, you are going to get some of that grandiose type of Dio stuff happening in there. A little bit of that 80s touch. So uh, this one, you know, as as always with Diego, does not disappoint. And if you want to find out more about Iron Mask, you can go to Iron dash mask.com or over on facebook facebook.com slash iron mask official but with that why don't we roll a track off of diabolica this one is the album opener and it is a barn burner it is called i don't forget i don't forgive Sometimes 
Can you hear the Dio in that guy's voice? I know you can. Lots of good stuff on that one. And again, that is from Iron Mass. The album is called Diabolica. So up first this week, of course, you got to put the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer up first, right? It is Glenn Hughes back on the show again. Glenn has just released his uh, latest solo album. It's called Resonate. And I will say that it is definitely resonating with Richie and myself. And this one came out on November 4th. And if you did the homework that I assigned last week, then you were extremely familiar with this album. If not, well, I mean, not like I'm going to do anything about it, right? But somehow Glenn is going to know. I don't know how, but he will. Definitely a very cool album. You know, we had early on, they had the video out for Heavy. You kind of got a sense of that song. And you're thinking, really, is the whole album going to be along these lines? And it is. It has that deep, intense, dark sound. And even Glenn talks about it being a very dark album. Very cool to hear from Glenn. And I just so wish that this one had been out before we saw him because I would love to have seen some of these tracks live. So we did this talk with Glenn on uh, the 28th and uh, Richie uh, actually took out most of the talking for it because I was actually uh, one beat puppy that day, late night the night before. Really uh, was not um, up to my usual interviewing self. So uh, again, thanks to Richie for taking over and really driving a lot of that conversation with Glenn that night. I know that probably about 10 minutes after we finished his interview and Richie left, I just crashed hard. So again, Rich, thanks for picking up on my Slack. Always good to have you available for backup. So with that, why don't we dive into our chat with the one, the only, the voice of rock, Glenn Hughes. Hey, Richie. Hi. How are you, man? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm just putting my headphones on. Thanks. Okay. Uh, what? Hello. Yeah, hello. Where Where are you at, Rich? Um, we're just outside Boston. Although I've, I'm oh, from okay. I'm from Ireland, you can probably tell from the accent. I can I can absolutely hear that. Yeah. So I I, I it's <laughs> nice nice to talk to you again. We spoke to you about six months ago. Yeah, I, me- I remember that accent. How how could you not uh, forget that accent? <laughs> yeah, so um, one, of the, one of the questions I want to ask straight first off, Glenn, have you been to Molyneux yet this year? Oh, oh um, <laughs> no. Okay. But I've been, I've been, I've been quoted in, in English papers in the last 48 hours about the whole scenario. I could see this coming before the kickoff. You know, this guy... Uh, Nice guy. I haven't got a clue about championship football. You know, I haven't got a clue. And in the championship, you have to have hard-hitting, really tough managers that, you know, just brutal. It's a brutal division. Yeah. Brutal, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think once you're, once, you're in the, once you're in the premiership and you get down there, it's a dogfight to get back out of it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really tough. But... Uh, more will be revealed, as yeah. we say. So you're gonna you're gonna try and get there when you go on tour there in uh, in a few weeks. Uh, I hope so. I mean, um, it may be difficult because my schedule is so insane. That, um, but I have been invited, you know. So I will go because I, you know, it's my club. So I'm sure I'll at some point be there by the end of the year. Excellent, excellent. So, of course, we're here to uh, talk about your fantastic new album, uh, Resonate. And um, we, were, we were lucky enough, me and Scott, we actually went, got to see you a, a couple of months ago with the guys that you have playing on the album. And the, your live shows was, was fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. In, in fact, Glenn, I was so enthused about Soren's guitar tone that I had to go out and get myself the same Luna Stone box that they made for him. I was just so enamored with that, with the tone he was getting when we were watching you. Well, that's great. That's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. But I love it. I'll pass that message on. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I am curious, though. Um, how did you? How did those guys come on your radar to get to play with you? Um, Soren sent me an audition video. Um, I wasn't particularly looking for it. Well, I may have been, but he sent me a, a, a kind of an audition video of him playing one of my songs. And then he sent another one, and I'm going, wait, wait, this guy's really, really good. And I, I met him, and he was really nice. And I had him, I was doing a show in Moscow, and he lives in Scandinavia, so it wasn't that far of a flight for him. So, you know, I had him meet me in Moscow, and we had a little rehearsal, and and he, he was great. He, he's such a great guy. And as you can see, he's a lovely, lovely young man. And 
he's such a, a great addition to my music. And uh, I just love him so much. Yeah, and well, the other thing I, I noticed, like you've worked a lot with a lot with Swedish musicians in the past, be it JJ Marsh. Mm-hmm. I know you've worked with Mick McKayley and John Levin. Is you keep going back to the well yeah, yeah. there? Any particular reason why? I I don't I, honestly. I I kid you not. I I'm not joking. I don't know what it is about Scandinavian. It's like you know, from '92, I've been playing with a lot of Scandinavians, and it's like. You know, then I went back to, I got some American guys, and you know, uh, it, it, I don't know what it is. It's like, but the guys I got now, Soren and Pontus, are such good family oriented guys for me to have within the touring party, you know. They're great musicians, but they're, this, look, the road is a very, can be a very crazy place. You've got to have your head together, you've got to get sleep, you've got to, be be careful, and you know there's so much shit you can get into on the road. It's a place of business for me, and these guys I've got with me are uh, that's the way they are inclined. So it's really a a great a great story to tell. Yeah, and, and the, the new record, um, it definitely doesn't sound like the the last one. I know it's been like eight years. Um, it's. I think it's. It's a little bit heavier. And when I'm when I say heavier, it's it's more grooves in it. I, I think rather than funk. Do, do you get what I'm oh, saying yeah. there? This is this is a dense, dark ride with lots of swift turns. Uh, the swag. There's a lot of. It's a sexual connotation here, but not lyrically. There's a lot of big big grooves on this record, um, and. The album was deliberately written with that dark sense of, of I wanted it to be dark and, and dense, lyrically a little different as well. Um, so it's very autobiographical. It's dealing with my time here in the last year of that death in the family and, and uh, about operations with my body and it's been a challenging year for me, and I've also won an award with Deep Purple at the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I did my first American tour, which you guys saw. We did a sold-out tour of South America, and Resonate could be could be my, my best work, you know. So it's been an interesting year. Mm, yeah, and, you know, it's interesting, too, Glenn. One of the things, you know, we saw you and you... You know, you, you kind of give those those pep talks during the show and those kind of inspirational messages and all that. And I listen to a lot of the lyrics on here, and it's almost like you're you're getting that all over again through all these songs. If you really listen to those, those it's it's uh, some of the songs are, are actually you know pretty deep when you really start to listen to them. At the surface, you know, a song like "Stumble and Go," you know, it, it's mm. it's kind of like a nice little pop ditty kind of thing going on with with a heavy edge. But when you really listen to what you're singing and stuff, and you're like. Wow, like Glenn is really saying some stuff in this song. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I'm really I'm trying to carry the message of, of love and faith, and I've been I've been I've been saying it this way since from now on, from '94. I, I mean, it's I believe that when I turn the corner from my old way of life in '91, that's when I started to really understand about life. And about moving forward and carrying a, a strong message, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, definitely this this album definitely does carry a, a strong message. And I, I also, mm-hmm. you know, e- even though it is really heavy, I think one of the other things that I really like on it is that you you do twists and turns. I mean, like my town, every time I'm, you know you're going to do, yeah, I think I'm going to do one thing. You go somewhere else, and and uh, just the, a lot of just really strong song craft in here and stuff mm-hmm. people really wouldn't wouldn't venture out the way you structured like a song like let it shine too is kind of unexpected and uh is that it, something it you would sort of work through no no they're they're all my songs it's when i wrote these songs alone when i was writing these songs i had nobody to play them to what i didn't want to do is play them to anybody in my band until i went into the studio and we all played the songs as they were written and the shapes and the chords and the, and the, and the sequence of chords and the way I played the chords were, that's the way they were recorded. 
I've never been able to do that with bands like, you know, as I love Black Country Communion and California Breed. It's very much who I am. But, you know, with this album, it's a complete... The way I wrote these songs is exactly the way they were recorded. Exactly the same... I, I, I can explain to you, the way I play chords is not like most guitar players. It's a little different. So we had those kind of things to deal with. And then it was a really good, good exercise. Now, Glenn, when it comes to songwriting, um, are you someone that has to be in a certain headspace to do it? Do you like working to timelines, or can you, do you just write all the time? I write all the time. Um, this album, although, as I said, I write all the time, I, I, I was recovering from knee surgeries. I, I spoke to you guys earlier this year about that. Mm-hmm. So this album was wrote whilst I was recovering from the knee surgeries and... and it was. It gave me some time to to be alone. It's not like I said about writing this album alone. It's just that I was alone in LA, and um, I had no one to to spin my songs to except my manager, and my wife. So what you're hearing is is the way they were they were written. So uh, it's it's a really big step forward for me, but. To be able to to say, well, you know, it, it was so, such an easy thing. You know, it's like meant to be that this album, it is like it is. You know, so again, everybody has given the thumbs up on this album. I'm beyond grateful because people are enjoying this album. But more importantly, for me, it's, it's it feels I feel like I've, I've come home. It feels like I've uh, gone gone back home. Yeah. Now you mentioned you mentioned your knee surgery there, Glenn. And one of the things I didn't ask you the last time that that I I wanted to was uh, they probably would have given you a lot of painkillers for that. Did you ever think that you might you know go down the rabbit hole again? Like well, you, you understand oh what I'm God. saying? No. You know, for me, um, they know my my surgeons know about me being uh, in a twelve step program, so. I was very fortunate that that didn't occur. And I came off medication very quickly because I can't, I just, I just don't like the way it makes me feel. You know, I'm just very fortunate that way mm-hmm. that, that I have not been struck with that um, part of it. But, you know, it's, it's a very, strange disease, alcoholism and drug addiction. You just never know what's around the corner. And today, uh, as you know, uh, it's well known that, that um, pain medication is uh, uh, the, the fastest rising addiction in America. So I feel awful for those that are stuck on that time thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. 
you know, it's one of the interesting things is, you know, early on, you guys released that video for heavy and uh, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to watch this and I'm looking and I'm like, okay, where's Pontus? Why is Chad Smith playing drums? And how did Chad get in on this whole deal? Well, he's, he, I don't know if you know this, but I've done five out, the last five Glenn albums have been with Chad playing drums hmm. and Chad just happened to be in Copenhagen while I was making resonate and he came down and well you could see it we filmed him walking in the studio it was like you know that that really was the way it happened he just walked in the door and we were so happy to see him <laughs> having chad play with me is like having well my you know good friend play on my album it's like mm-hmm. he's the greatest drummer for me he's a yeah really great man great drummer funny man and uh, a giving person yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the reputation of you know every band he's in. That you know, that's the kind of stuff the guys in uh, in Chicken Foot would say and everything else. So it's uh, yeah, it, it's oh, cool. Yeah, it's yeah, incredible. Yeah, and you know, the the album name resonate. I, I I just think like you couldn't have picked a better name for that because it resonates. It musically resonates. It the message resonates. Mm-hmm. All of that was that. Did you give a lot of thought to that, or you just kind of look at it and go, no, resonate. I think. I didn't know what I was going to call this album. I didn't particularly want to call it a song title. It would be so easy to have called the album My Town or Flow or Let It Shine. It wasn't the way I wanted to go. I wanted something that was appropriate for the way I felt whilst being in my studio, Mm. looking at myself in the mirror going, well, where are we today? Okay, we're God of money. Okay, well, here we go. It was like, you know, I just wanted to to deliver the title that was the way I was feeling, mm. you know? Yeah. Resonation, resonate. It's a, a big kind of a spiritual sounding bell that sort of, you know, it kind of the lingers on. It's like a, a, it's a very, ooh, it's a big, big kind of round sound and it's it's it feels like the sound of my album Mm. yeah Yeah. like i said it couldn't have been a more perfect title it's just in so many Mm -hmm. ways yeah so Mm -hmm. glenn you're obviously uh big into um recording live when you're recording albums what's your whole take on the file sharing thing um is that something you think you're ever going to do like to record an album at all you mean send files yeah no like to record like not all the musicians not record in the same studio and then oh, to send no, files no, and it gets count. I've done that with Julian Lennon on California Breed and it worked great. But I'm a firm believer in everybody being in the same room. That's the way I did it in Deep Purple and Trapeze and, and that's the way you get the best results because everybody's making eye contact and everybody's actually sweating together and feeling together and it's look that being not not being in the room. It's it's almost not not being on the track. You know, it's it's a very strange place not to be. Mm. I can't imagine not being there while whilst recording. It doesn't work for me. I, although it could work, but it, it wouldn't work the way I wanted it to work. Yeah, we've had people say that. Like we had Tony Franklin on the show, and he said he doesn't mind doing both because if he does it, if he does it the file sharing way, he can actually step back and think about it a bit more and come back the next day and improve on it. Whereas in the studio, you're, it's costing money, and you know there's the, those pitfalls there. Yeah, I know. I I, I get that. That's a very good answer. Um, for me, it's uh, being in the moment. I mean, those songs you hear are all first or second takes. Mm. Um, They're very much live vocal tracks. Mm. And that's the way I always love to record, you know, who I am. I've always been a live singer. Mm. It doesn't take long for me to sing an album, no more than two afternoons to, to do 12 songs. Wow. Wow. And and it and it shows on some of the songs cuz there's there's things where you just vocally just do something a little bit different on a repeat and stuff and it's just like mm-hmm, oh, that is mm-hmm. so glenn and I but I love having it on there. Oh, it's so sweet. Thank you.
town, this is my love, this is my town, there is no division. This is my town, this is my love, this is my soul. This is my town. This is my love. So, Glenn, I, I just have a couple of questions before we finish up. I've seen you play um, a couple of times now, and you've always played Orion from Soul Mover, and that wasn't a mm. single or anything. Is there any particular reason why you picked that song to put in the live set? I love that because it's got it's got an energy. It's got a back back battle. It's got a great energy to it, and it's a really good moving song. My set list, it, it, it's got a it's got a build. You know, it builds. It, I like the way the, it builds. Yeah. And, you know, at the end it goes down and then it goes up again. You know, um, and it's interesting now because I've got all these new songs on Resonate that I, I have a chance to add to my ongoing and growing set list. <laughs> I mean, I've got I've written over 400 songs, so there's <laughs> so many to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely, you know, we saw you, there were people that were, they were complaining, oh, he didn't do this song, he didn't do, it's like, I know, give, him, give him a break, he's been in the business for how long, I mean, how long do you want him to play tonight, like, for like, 10 hours, come on. I, 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 I know, I don't think about it when I'm playing, but I know there's always going to be somebody, why didn't he play Blue Jade, or why didn't he play Days of Avalon, or why didn't he play Holy Man, or, you know, it's, I, I, I get it, I, I understand, you know, I get yeah. it. Yeah. It, was, it was funny. The, probably the most amusing one is there was a guy sitting next to us, and he was just angry because he hadn't played Burn. He didn't play Burn. He didn't play Burn. He didn't play Burn. And we were just looking at him like, did you only come here for one song? And then he was like so happy at the very end when you played it. But it was like, are you yeah, kidding me? Of like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, that, that song is, that, I mean, I, that's been my signature song for four decades. That's, that's the song I've always played. Because, you know, it's part of who I am, so yeah. I'll always play that song. I, you can't not play that song. It's, you know, it's something that I that I need to do. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's and it's a great part riff of too. Me. It's an absolute great. Oh, riff. It's, it, 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 it's it's one of the biggest uh, rock tracks of the seventies. So. Um, long may that continue. Yeah, it was. I just my like one of my fondest memories of it is is, is I've have a uh, guitarist who comes over and does demos in my studio all the time, and and he's just a brilliant guitar player. But one night he's like, I've ne never actually heard you play guitar. Like I come over here, you produce me half the time. I use your guitars, but I I've, I've never heard you play guitar. And so he he said, like, just play something. And I like started playing Burn. He's like, really? The first thing you're gonna play is Burn. I'm like, well, yeah, it's. Yeah, <laughs> but it just kind of blew him away that that's what I pulled out of my hat. And it is. Oh, my God. I, that's fantastic. Good for you. I'm very, very proud of you. <laughs> yeah, so, Glenn, final question from me. Um, your addiction album is 20 years old. Um, you uh -huh. just you mentioned Blue Jade on that. Uh, what are your memories of recording that record? Because that's probably my favorite of your solo albums. I remember now, although the album's called Addiction, I wasn't addicted at the time. I was singing about the addiction period in the 80s. But I, I had fun making addiction. It was, you know, I get the song, I Don't Want to Live That Way Again, was a, a very poignant tale about the way I used to live my life. You know, I was tasked as a leper. I have, you know, I'm really, really letting you know how bad it was. And, and it, was an, it was a very cathartic album for me to make and, and got a lot of things off my chest. Every guys, every album I make is is autobiographical. Yeah. Every album I ever make, even the stuff I've done with Iommi, has been like the Fuse album is all autobiographical. It's just just the way I am, you know. It, it's I gotta be singing about the human condition. I don't sing about fairies down the garden <laughs> stuff like that. I don't do that. But um, I just sing about what helps us and what heals us. Yeah, so, of course, next year, you're back on the Black Country Communion train? Yes, absolutely. Joe will be here tomorrow. We're going to complete the writing tomorrow, and the album will be recorded in January. 
Wow, you you're like you're taking no time off. You're gonna you're doing that, and then you're start the tour on November eighth, and I'm sure you have a ton of yeah, press in the next two weeks as well. You are a busy guy. It's not it, it's nonstop for me. Yeah, impressive because I'm I'm lazy as heck, but uh, yeah, you you, you, no, you man, put us all to shame, say, Glenn. No. <laughs> no, it's my pleasure, man. It's great, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, you know, Richie and I really appreciate you taking the time to. So one to put out such a fantastic new album where both of us are just really enjoying the hell out of it and i i can't wait to actually get my physical copy and just be able to pop that in the car and, and love it crank that out i love it uh, i love it and uh and, yeah yeah just, and it's great to, once again to to uh have you back on and you know uh, here you are you're true to your word one of the you know the voice of rock and you talked to us about six months ago and said you're going to come back on when the new album came out and mm-hmm. you did and uh, we really appreciate it Pleasure's mine, guys. The pleasure's all mine. All right, Glenn. We'll have a good rest of the night, and hope I hope you get I to I hope, I hope you get to Marlin you. Me too. I will. Thank <laughs> you so much. All right, Glenn. All right, take Glenn. care. Bye. Thank you. Bye. You bet. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. And do we have time for a little bit more, Glenn Hughes? I think so. Of course, it's Glenn Hughes. Do I need to repeat that? It's Glenn Hughes. In case you have been living under a rock and you have not seen the video for the lead-off track, Heavy, I'm going to play a little snippet of it right now. And of course, as discussed with Glenn, be sure to listen to Chad Smith making a special guest appearance on the drums. There you go, some more Glenn Hughes for you. And even Glenn is saying that he feels this might be in his best album ever. Definitely something well worth going out and spending those valuable CD dollars on. And another thing to spend those valuable dollars on, talk to Glenn briefly about it in the interview, of course, is Luna Stone's three-stage rocket overdrive. This is Soren's signature overdrive pedal built for him by the folks at Luna Stone over in uh, Copenhagen. And this is definitely one sick OD with two channels of OD plus a boost. And it is what Soren uses live. And as I told Glenn, I was just uh, really enamored by the sound that he got out of it. Had to go get myself one. You know how the deal is. You can never have enough effects pedals. Hi, this is Urban Reed. You're listening to Focus on Metal. So up next, as you just probably figured out, is my talk with Urban Breed, the voice behind Sirius Black. As longtime listeners may remember, they put out their first one last year called As Daylight Breaks. And in an amazingly short time after that, they come out with their brand new one. It's called Mirror World. And as I mentioned before, we did play a track of the week off of this one. Uh, two or three weeks ago. And then what do you know? I get to talk to Urban myself. So I don't know if you, the longtime listener, are aware of this, but we get offered a lot of bands from Europe. I mean, a lot of them. But usually they are scheduled in a time slot where, well, we got day jobs too. And although we would love to have them on the show, we really want to have them on the show, we just can't make the time slots work. So I was psyched when I saw the time slots available for Urban and what do you know? It was at night, Eastern Standard Time. The metal gods have smiled on us once again. And I got to tell you, what a super, super cool guy. And probably the only guy besides John Oliva that I've ever talked to that he starts the interview off with, what have you been doing today? And just that one simple question from Urban just really lend a whole air of familiarity to the interview. So why don't we hear what Urban Breed has to say about uh, their brand new release from Sirius Black, 
Mirror World. I am very happy to have on the line with me AFM recording artist Sirius Black and uh, the man behind the voice of Sirius Black, Urban Breed. How are we doing, man? I'm doing all right. Thank you. Awesome. And uh, I guess you guys are definitely uh, serious about making some music. You know, that last year you put out uh, As Daylight Breaks, and this year you guys roll out Mirror World. And uh, just, I don't know, a lot of bands don't come up with material old school like this, you know, 12 to 18 months and back-to-back albums. And some. And uh, this one just had us a whole, uh, you know, very serious vibe to it. So very cool to talk to you. And uh, definitely it's nice to know that Serious Black is here to stay. So, uh did it surprise you that you guys were able to come up with another chunk of material like this so soon after the first one? No, not at all. But then again, I have lots of insider information. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I knew the situation, so I was not surprised at all. And it's it's not going to be a problem in the future either. We, we have we have songwriters in the band, no problem whatsoever. Mm. If there's anything, you know, it's, it's medical issues. Like we actually did have some, I had some problems and that's the thing. If if you play the guitar, it's got to be pretty specific before you can play the guitar. But as a singer, you, all you need to do is get sick, and <laughs> there's a delay. But you know, not 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 too bad. Uh, just delayed things a little bit, but we managed to get it out on time. So yeah, but even though it was close, <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And and uh, of course, in my case, you know, back in the day, it was singing and playing guitar, so it was. Uh, Sometimes it was that double whammy of show up for the gig and you could play, but you couldn't sing for crap. But uh, yeah, you're right, though. I mean, your voice is, uh, you know, it's it's a muscle and uh, you have to take care of it. But uh, obviously uh, in very good shape listening to uh, all the tunes on this one, that's for sure. Well, thank you. Thank you. Also, you know, the other part I like about it, too, and I, I mean, I see it with a lot of AFM artists, but uh, definitely uh, just even the whole cover art is uh, is, is very cool. The Digipack, uh, well laid out and uh, just very hypnotic cover just trying to figure out what's going on with uh you know it's like a mirror is it a drawbridge what's going on uh, it's <laughs> yeah. cool that you guys take such care in in the whole package of it too well you have to have the visuals along with everything else because after all visuals sell as well if it looks like crap nobody's gonna want to pick it up you know if your t-shirts look like i don't know something that a cat dragged in well then you get get a certain kind of audience that would love it but <laughs> but that's not the crowd we're looking for but maybe we should try that who knows yeah, yeah you never know right merch, merch yeah. is merch but uh yes, so it I, is. you know obviously i missed you guys on the first release uh just one of those things with uh sometimes you know with bands with in europe and stuff and here in the states just the times don't quite line up for everybody uh but uh just a little bit of history for the listeners about uh how serious black all came together kind of give us a little bit of that insider information yeah, no problem. Uh, it, it all started with our bass player, Mario. He was the one that started the band. He he wanted to put together a, a band with lots of experienced musicians that, you know, so everybody knew what they were going to do, so there would be no trouble uh, whatsoever. Of course, when you bring in people like that, <laughs> we're, we're often busy. <laughs> so as it turns out, you know, he, the first person he brought in was Roman Grapov, and then he brought in Tillman. And after that, I'm not really sure what order it was, except that I was the last person in. So, so you know, once I was brought in, we, we took a good look at the songs and reworked a bunch of them so much and <laughs> put other songs in there. And we, we just worked on it together. It was, it, it was a fun process because I think I was brought in in September and uh, we started, you know, we really started with... Uh, contract negotiating before we even started writing on the songs uh, so but but in january on january the 15th i think it was that we already had the album out and we were on tour so that was very intense so you know people think that okay it's a mirror world you know how'd you manage to get this down on time well we had lots more time for this one than we had <laughs> for the first one and uh uh, so, so that's how the first one came together. Mario brought everybody in, and uh, we just started working. And we had to have a product, and we worked hard, and we, we managed. And uh, again, you know, that's really what it is. We, if we want to be a band, you have to work for to, to produce product. And once you get the product out there, you can keep working on it, and then you can go out and play. Without it, you can't do anything. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and of course, you know, you're in a in a really interesting genre too, where you know, when you start talking about melodic power metal. It's very hard to really, I think, to do that right in a way that cast a net to a, a, a whole wide bunch of listeners. And, and some bands kind of go a little bit too one way or, or too another way. But one thing I like about Sirius Black is there is a nice balance between 
what the guitars do, what the keyboards do, and what the vocals do. And uh, is that is that ever been a struggle of, of balancing that off, or is that just something that comes naturally because you guys have just been doing so much work in bands for so long? Uh, I, I think, really, it's it's part of the songwriting process. Really, you know, you you make sure that you know what, what's the function of guitar for this this section. What's the what, what's the role for the keyboard for this part? What's my role as a vocalist right here in this moment in this section of the song? What's the purpose? And and you you sort that out, and then you don't really have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And you make things work, you know, as well as they possibly can together. And that's the goal. And then exactly how it turns out, it's it's going to be, you know, a case from song to song, more or less. And if we get it right, then I'm very happy that you like it. Because, so, <laughs> I mean, that's really... The only thing we can judge it by is whether we like it or not mm-hmm. and, and how we want it done. Yeah. And so, I mean, granted, I would perhaps, on some of the songs in this album, I would personally have pushed the guitars a bit more. You know, that's the thing. It's a matter of taste. Right. And... Uh, so that's what it is. Still, the songs are good, so I'm still happy. <laughs> that's the important bit. <laughs> yeah, and I think it also probably it must be interesting too that you know you've got you know Jan playing keyboards and then having a, a lot of uh, you know role in the whole mixing and mastering of it too. So it's uh, it's it's pretty cool that he's he didn't go overboard with the boards on there, but uh, especially when you got guys like Bob and Dominic in there on guitars. Yeah, so it would be a shame, you know. Yeah. But the funny, th- but the funny thing is, with this band, we keep joking every time. Bob and I do anyway. But you know, maybe we should bring out two more sets of keyboards on the stage because Bob is a really good keyboard player, and I play the keyboard. So we could we could bring out a a, a classic situation like a, a band like Saga on stage. Mm-hmm. But no, I know it's just it, it's just joking around because you don't want, you want, you don't want a hassle of dragging that much gear around anyway but it would be fun it would be fun yeah and you're right i mean bob is uh, like a very serious ass keyboard player it's like one of the things i really love about firewind is just you know with him and, and gus and j- he's just doubling up with gus is doing and stuff and it just reminds me a lot of this, the stuff that used to happen with ingve too and just that whole dynamic and uh, i just don't think the guy gets enough credit for a lot of that stuff that he does but just such a talented musician Yes, I mean, and quite frankly, that's why he's in the band, you know. I, I saw him play once, and um, uh, they were actually in, in Atlanta, Prague Power. Oh. I saw I saw Firewind, and I saw Bob on stage and said, that's the guy I want to play with. I don't remember who I said this to, but I did say it to someone, that's the guy I want to play with. And, I, you know, I just said it. I didn't really think that it would happen. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play with that guy. And anyway, so I meet him in Bulgaria when we shoot a video for, he was uh, directed a video for us uh, with uh, Project Arcadia. Uh, in Bulgaria, and uh, we started talking, and he said, "Yeah, maybe we should rock together." And I said, "Yeah, yeah, who knows? Who knows?" Of course, you know, nothing happened because we were both busy doing other stuff. And then uh, come time for the Hammerfall tour, and Roland says, "Guys, guys, guys, we weren't talking about this many dates. I mean, this is too much. I can't do this and do Master Plan, and Master Plan is my baby." And so, so he said, "Guys, I can't." When we started this, I didn't think that we would be this busy, and I said, "Well." but we are <laughs> and the rest of us we want to do this and so he, he bowed out and you know that's it and so I, that's when I said to everybody I said let's give Bob a call we gave Bob a call Bob shows up and that's that's it so it, it ended up actually happening that was cool <laughs> yeah no I, I definitely definitely cool and uh and I like the fact that you know with the stuff you guys have out on AFM. One of the things that's really cool, I think, about AFM is that they have the you know you got the digi pack. I, I love my digi pack, but uh, also the fact that you've got uh, you know you you have the limited edition sets and you got your blue vinyl. You guys have the limited vinyl bundle with the original album, the first one, and stuff too. But one thing that was uh, I think pretty impressive with uh, with the digi pack is. You know, I, I read the description of it before I even got it, and I said, "Does that really say seven bonus tracks?" But I was like, "I mean, people put on one, maybe two, but you guys went all out with seven bonus tracks." That's uh, well, we had we had lots of good tracks that we that, that we recorded. And we we said that these all deserve, you know, to be on the album, mm. and we're, we're going like. We're, we're going to be writing more songs for the next one anyway. There's no no reason to save these. We want people to hear them, and we want we also wanted to bring them out on tour, and which we did. Uh, we already have taken some of these numbers out that are bonus tracks, so that's why we we put it out there. Just a really great collection of songs. Like my favorite track on the album right now is probably Caster Skies, uh, and it's one of those weird things where I haven't quite pinned down why it is that I like that one as much, you know, above the other ones. But uh, definitely that's ah, one of my favorites. 
surprising it's got a really good riff it's got good melodies and a chorus that's great and everything is good so i mean no, no wonder i mean it's got so many so many different parts that all work together mm-hmm. and, and there you go yeah now last year you did a, a lot of live stuff and um do you see um is this it sounds to me like you guys are really one of those bands that um plays just live a lot that it isn't this thing of, of put an album out with a group of kind of you know super musicians and and then nobody sees you but it seems like you guys are a, you know more of a of a different group of guys and, and it seems like you really enjoy playing live a lot and are going to be intending to do that a, a lot more is that pretty much the case well i i would say it, when we put out an album it's always been because it, it we we want to go out and play live and in order to go out and play live we we need to have new new stuff and so we write an album and we record it and while we do love that part too, and you know, I, I've always enjoyed the the creation, you know, the creative process of making an album. While we do that, it's it's almost we're doing this in order so that we can allow ourselves to go out and play. That's what it is, really. It's that's that's what I think is the magic about this band, and this is why people come to come to see us again because that's where we really shine. You come see us live, and you'll see that we love it every second of the show. We're there for you, and we're there together with you, and we're we're meeting up with every everybody, and we're all there together, and we're having lots of fun. That's what it's about. That's why we do this, and uh, so you know, it's the album is great. I love it. I think you know, making the album is great, but we make it so that we can go out. Yeah. So that's. That's how it goes. Yeah. Now, do you find it's a shame that here in the States that really they're the only really prime outlet that you guys have at any given year is really Prague Power in Atlanta? And other than that, it's it's pretty slim here. Uh, we, we could have we, we could have taken, you know, there, there were a few offers we could have gone out on, but I voted no. I said, no, I don't want to do this. And Bob said the same thing because we both played here and we know what the situation is and we said we'd rather play europe because if we go start playing in the u.s like on, on regular tours on on the level that we're at right now uh, we, we are actually going to waste money mm, right and, and, and we then jeopardize the next album budget and the next one so i said and bob said to the no no no, let's play europe let's play europe if there is a fantastic offer sure we're gonna come play to everybody in the u.s because we, we love playing here too it, it's just that it makes more sense for us as a band right now where we are right now it makes a lot more sense to play europe so unfortunately for fans here in the u.s it means that we're not going to be around a lot we might show up as a you know support act sometime but We'll see about that. We're working on it because it would be fun too, mm-hmm. but it's it's not where we're going to be out a lot because yeah. the focus is obvious on Europe. It's a lot easier for many. I mean, it's lo- just logistics alone, sure. and then and everything else. You know, the, the way the venues treat you and yeah, finances. You know, we ca- we actually came off of our first headliner tour and we we made it a financial success mm-hmm. as well as well as the musical and you know just the experience was great. So that would not have been possible in the U.S. at this point. So. We are making this the right way because if you are an actual fan of Sirius Black and you want us to make more music, well, then you should be glad that we're staying staying in Europe right now because it means that the next album is going to come out on time. It's going to have the budget we wanted to have and the album after that and so on. Mm-hmm. And 
and you can rest assured that as soon as we have any chance to come play the U.S., we're going to do it, obviously. Yeah, nice, nice. And uh, like the uh, way that you're uh, thinking about it and stuff, too, and, and just the overall candor of the whole situation as well. Some people would, you know, probably take that question and try to spin it or whatever, but it's nice to just have a, a nice, straightforward and, and honest response like that, and, and uh, I think it's a good way to do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, what else am I going to do? Tell you lies? That's like, no, no, that, that doesn't really work anyway. People will figure it out, I'm pretty sure. And if they don't, well, they deserve they deserve to know. I'd rather be open about it. You know, this is how it is. We yeah. would love to come play. We can't. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. I Just like I said, it's it's a shame, I think, that, that uh, you know, you've got some nice pockets of fans here in the U.S., but, uh, you know, radio coverage for a lot of this is horrible, and, and they just don't support a lot of it. And it's no wonder that bands can't, come over here from Europe and, and make a serious tour thing. And yet you have people that do take a chance and, and go to a show with somebody, you know, and uh, you just like uh, over the summer, there was uh, going to see Primal Fear and you can see a whole bunch of people that had never seen them before. And they were just blown away at this band playing in this yeah. small little club and being like, oh my God, this is incredible. Like, like seeing a stadium show in this little tiny sweat box. And it's like, yeah, there's yeah. lots of bands just like those guys, just like open up your ears and uh, be amazed at it and, and uh, support them. And maybe they'll come over here and, and you'll see more of those kinds of bands. And that's, you know, like there's that whole massive music scene. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't blame you for uh, for wanting to concentrate on where you know you can logistically make it work and monetarily make it work as well. And then, like you said, continue to deliver great music. Yeah, I mean, because if we don't, we, we jeopardize the whole thing. And uh, then we won't come play the U.S. at all because we won't <laughs> exist. You know what I'm saying? Right. That, that's really the argument. And uh, like I said, I mean, when it makes sense, we will come over. Yeah. Right now, it doesn't. I mean, we could, we could get a surprise offer that's really great, and we're, and we're going to show up, you know, next fall. Uh, however, I think we have plans for them. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, you never know. You know, right. the, if there's an offer that's good enough, then we're going to take it. But right now, I don't see it, and it makes more sense to, to work Europe. Yeah, yeah. So... You know, of the of the nine main tracks on the uh, on the disc, you know, what's right now? You know, you've had a little bit of time to live with it. What kind of stands up as, as like the track that really you know you really like? It really speaks to you. This is this is the worst question uh, on this album. Normally, I don't have a, a hard time with this because I have a favorite. Mm. Uh, I mean, luckily, I should say that the, the standard of the tracks, songwriting is so the, high, the quality is so high overall that I have a hard time picking a favorite. Mm. And, um, you know, I mean, Caster Skies is a good track, absolutely, because like I said, it's got a great riff, it's got, it's got everything is great about it. Mm. So, um, but there are other songs as well. I mean, if you need an uplifting track, for instance, just listen to You're Not Alone. Mm -hmm. It's really, it puts a smile on my face every time. It's my favorite, I don't know. <laughs> One day it is, but uh, today, maybe? <laughs> it's <laughs> difficult. Yeah, because, you know, so I always like one of the hardest questions that I usually ask a vocalist. Um, now, sometimes usually it's with a vocalist. It's like really kind of the, the, the whole voice of the band and does, you know, the most intense amount of the songwriting. They're always like, oh, my God, this is like the worst question ever. But I just figured with you and you've got this kind of range of songwriters so that, you know, everybody's kind of throwing in the pot there that. It might be something that just like rose to the top for you, whether it's a, a memory of recording it or just, you know, just something about it. That... Yeah, well, I, I, can, I can give you something like that. However, with most of this album, it's written by Bob and myself. So <laughs> so it's we, we got most of it. Yeah, there, okay. are, there are other writers involved, but Bob and I wrote most of it. So anyway, I'll, I'll tell you this then, you know, um, it's it's a little funny because Caster Skies, for instance, there's another track that's related to it in some way. Because I spent time in the Czech Republic in Jan's studio. Mm -hmm. uh, however, I spent all that time in the kitchen of his studio. I never, never actually went to the studio. So, But the verses for Caster Skies, they are tracked in the kitchen. Using using the laptop, I'm sitting here, you know, using talking, giving this interview with you. Of course, using a different sound interface that I have sitting in my laptop uh, bag. But anyway, so Caster Skies, the verses are tracked in that kitchen. The same thing goes for the track I'm going to mention right now. It's the Unborn Never Die. I tracked them the same same night in the same kitchen, hmm. and uh, th that's, that's just my demo. Because Bob and I that night we were sending so many tracks back and forth, including Caster Skies. I he sent me over the, the the verses and 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 the riff, and I said, you know, we got we got to stick a chorus here. So I sent him over a chorus. So I just played the chorus on keyboards and sang it and sent it over, and 
obviously I sang the verses so well that they got they, they stay on there. Uh-huh. I re I, I recorded the the chorus once I got back home. Uh, same thing went happened to the unborn never die. This was done on the same evening. Wow. Uh, so so I left the verses of the unborn never die as well. They were also also tracked in the kitchen of Jan's studio in, in the Czech Republic. So that's what. It, so the unborn never die. Then I guess I, I do love that song too. So. that's a pretty cool story and and uh it speaks to the uh amazing stuff you can do now with some technology and recording and and uh that i mean just from for me you know doing production and stuff like that that's that's just kind of an extra cool story because i can just you know picture the fact that you're sitting in that kitchen and you were just comfortable and things just felt right and you probably didn't think too much about what you were doing you would just relax and and let it go and probably listen back to it and went holy crap this is great no, well, what I did was, yeah, I, I thought I had a good idea, and I <laughs> tracked the vocals and sent sent the idea over to Bob just to show him, hey, this is this is what I was thinking. Is this good enough? And he said, hell yeah, let's roll with it. And <laughs> and then it just stayed that way. It's like, okay, that's how it is. <laughs> that's great. And and the other part of it that, that's cool for me is that you know a lot of times a, a lot of bands like especially in like melodic power metal they get accused of of making every you know crossing every T dotting every I and in just making everything to like perfection but the fact that that you guys have that kind of an attitude and are like yep that's great let's use it to me that just shows just a a, just an incredible talent in the band that you guys can have fun with it and and don't obsess with it and the product is still so good well i mean i I, i'm not gonna say that i don't obsess over things because i can be quite a perfectionist however i will say you know you, you know over the years, I've learned that there are some things you just don't improve upon. You just leave it. The, 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 the raw input can sometimes vastly outshine any refined product that you do afterwards. Right. So if you listen to it and you're like, this rocks, you just leave it. You leave it. That, that's, that's the way it is. Right. Yep, that's don't, it. don't don't touch it. You know? <laughs> if, you, if you enjoy what you're hearing on the demo, don't touch it. That's right. Yeah. You never want, you never want to play a game and beat the demo. You usually lose. <laughs> yeah, that's why I sing so badly on my demos. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully, you know, talking to you and getting this on the air has got a lot of people interested in in uh, wanting to check out a little bit more about Sirius Black. And, of course, every band on Earth is online in a million different places. But uh, where's the best place people should go if they want to uh, talk to you or learn more about Sirius Black? Well... If you just want to talk to me, find me on Facebook. My name is my name, and you'll find me there. Uh, other than that, you know, email us. Come see us on tour. That's the best place. Because, quite frankly, after every show, we hang out for a bit with everyone that wants to talk to us. If you want to take a picture, have something signed, we'll be there. That's definitely a great way to do it. And, I, and so many fans do appreciate bands that do that as well. So I'm glad you guys are one of those bands. Well, it, I think it goes with the, the whole attitude of the band. We, we we have so much fun playing live that, you know, we, we also like to be able to talk to people afterwards. Mm. You know, and also, you know, reach out and shake people's hands and say, thank you for showing up tonight, you know, because, right. you know, it's there are so many other things they could have done, you know. So we, we, we greatly appreciate everybody taking the time to come out to see us. And uh, 
and you know that that's it. And normally we we all have a good time, <laughs> the band and audience alike. You know, yeah. and, that's awesome. Definitely awesome. Well, uh, you know, it's been great that, uh, you know, when I got the email from uh, from AFM and they talked about one interview slots and I was like so happy that it was going to be something that was at night Eastern Standard Time I was like, great. I finally get to have Sirius <laughs> yeah. Black on the phone. And uh, so <laughs> I'm super glad about that and uh, that you were able to take some time tonight and talk to us and hopefully, you know, get out there, help promote the album as well. And of course, you know, when that next good batch of songs drops and the next one rolls out, it would be great to have you or somebody else on the band to come on and, and let yeah. everybody know that Sirius Black is once again back. Yeah, you know who to reach out to, and we'll, we'll get a hold. Awesome. You know, you get a hold of Dustin, and there you go. There you go. He's the man. All right. All right, man. Appreciate you talking to me, and um, have a great rest of the night, and uh, hopefully talk to you again soon. Yeah, sounds good. All, All right, right take care. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. All right. Big thanks to Urban Breed for coming on Focus on Metal and giving us the whole lowdown on the brand new one from Sirius Black, Mirror World. And as we mentioned, if you want to find out more about the band, you can go to Sirius-Black.com. And of course, Urban and I talk quite a bit about Bob Katsionis, incredible guitar and keyboard player. Of course, most folks know him from Firewind, and he's been mixing up with Gus G for ages now. And of course, Firewind are in the studio recording their eighth album. Looking forward to that. But I thought, you know, we talked about Bob, and I really can't remember the last time I played any Firewind on the show. And they have been one of my favorite bands for a long time. So I'm thinking, you know what? We talked about Bob. It's a good excuse for me to play a little bit of Firewind. And of course, I got to get that track where Bob is mixing it up on the keyboards, doing note to note with Gus. And a great example of that is on the Allegiance album with the song Insanity. So how about listening to a little bit of an epic guitar and keyboard duel with Gus and Bob in the aforementioned killer Firewind track Insanity. do it for another week here on focus on metal as i mentioned before be sure you go out and get yourself a copy of glenn hughes brand new one resonate it really is that good and of course while you're at it as long as you're there might as well pick up a copy of sirius black's new one mirror world as well and what the heck right and you lucky batches over in europe of course you know that glenn hughes is coming your way he kicks off his tour on november 8th at the assembly at uh, Leamington Spa in the UK. There's a whole bunch of UK dates going right through to uh, the O2 Shepherd's Bush Empire in London on the 20th. And he goes over to Stuttgart, Germany on the 22nd. Hits Prague, Switzerland, a couple of dates in Italy, back to Germany in December. The Netherlands, France, and Spain wraps it up on December 14th in Madrid. So if you were over there and you have half a brain cell, you've got to go and check out one of those dates. Glenn continues to be fantastic live. So again, big thanks to Glenn for coming back on, just like you promised, and also for Urban Breed taking the time to talk to us. But uh, that is a wrap for this week. I am out of here. So for Richie, myself, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, have yourselves a great metal week. And remember, it's the first week of Metal Month. 
And until we talk to you again next week, remember... Focus on metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.